Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Just a wonderful organization, rich in history, tradition, and an incredible amount of talent. And so what we're going to be doing tonight is interviewing a number of BDPA members who are bringing expertise and information to you. Our first guest is Dr. Stephanie Parson, and she is president of Crown Grace. Our second guest is Monique Berry. She is the incoming president uh, 2012-2013 for National BDPA. And our third guest is Tara Spool, who is a lead designer at Barter, Vogel, and Hegarty. So in a few moments, we'll come back and start our interview with Dr. Stephanie. Take a moment, listen to our welcome, and we'll be back. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, welcome back. Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie, how are you this evening? I am doing well, Fred. How are you? Oh, just fine, thanks. I know that before the show got started, you were sharing that you are in Florida and you're enjoying great weather. So I'm not jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's no surprise that uh, you are continuing to enjoy Florida. I wanted to share with our audience that you reported to the Walt Disney CIO in uh, 2002 when the National BDPA Conference was hosted at Walt Disney World in Orlando. And I remember thinking, wow, I am so glad that BDPA is a national organization and that we've got members all over, including in Florida. And I thought it was the coolest thing to be able to have a conference with Walt Disney. And I know that you've really been a longtime BDPA supporter and held a number of leadership roles, including being the national um, on the National BDPA Board of Directors in 2003 through 2005, both as an outside director and also as vice president of strategy and planning. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, how did you get started in BDPA? Because everyone always has a slightly different story, and each one is very fascinating. So what's your story? Well, it is uh, interesting because we actually started a BDPA chapter when I lived in Colorado Springs. I was a lieutenant in the United States Air Force and uh, got a call from a couple of friends, and they said, we're starting this organization all about information technology. Of course, it was called data processing back then, but it was about getting people of color together who could celebrate and share ideas from a technology perspective. And so we started what what is now called, I believe, the Rocky Mountain Chapter. 
Um, but that was way in the 1980s. And then from there, uh, just stayed involved from multiple levels, and you shared a little bit with the audience already how, um, simply because, you know, there are so very few African-American technologists who start and then make it through the C-level from a CIO perspective. So answer your question, started back in the 80s, Rocky Mountain chapter with a bunch of great people who went on to do great things. Wow. Well, you know, that's, I guess that is part of the essence of leadership, getting things going, you know, responding to a request, getting things going, and um, creating a legacy that others can shape and uh, own. Now, in addition to founding uh, BDPA chapter, you, you seem to have founding in your blood because you started your own company, Crown Grace, in uh, Crown Grace in 2007. And the focus of your company is to provide leadership development training to managers and executives around the world. Tell us a little bit about that and, and maybe um, how BDPA played a role in that process. Absolutely. You're right. We've been in existence actually since 2003. However, mm-hmm. really started our focus on transformation. And we look at transformation at three facets of transformation. One is people, technology, and then the business. And we look at it from that perspective simply because if you don't have the right people in place who are doing the right thing, for your organization, you can have the best technology in place, you can have the best strategic plans in place, and it will not work. And so although we focus on transformation, the heartbeat really is on leadership development. And then we look at leadership development in three different facets as well. We look at you've got to know how to lead yourself, and so we have a series of workshops under leading yourself. Lead yourself before leading teams, and leading teams before giving the honor to lead organizations. Uh, and we do this because we want people to really understand that leadership is a choice that you must make every day. Management, you can get promoted into management, but leadership being an extraordinary leader is a decision you make. And you have to make it every day, but you have to make it within yourself as well. Today I choose to be a leader. Today I choose to be ethical. Today I choose to be motivating. Today I choose to be an emotionally intelligent leader. And so our thought process is once you've got leadership in place, the technology will come and then the business strategies will come. And, Fran, right now we've been working with the United States government, Homeland Security, Treasury Department, uh, Customs and Integration, We've been in Brazil many times, and we've been in Mexico since 2008, and we've got contracts all the way to 2013. Wow, congratulations. That That is really exciting. Now, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to hear you put leadership before technology, and I'm, I'm really glad that you explained why um, as the leadership piece falls into place, and really is the, is the foundation, how does technology, you know, kind of show itself and support or help grow the organization and the people around it? Where technology, from my perspective, best shows itself off, if I could put it that way, is when it is aligned with the business strategy. 
you know, for many years we were implementing technologies left and right because it was a cool thing to do, but it wasn't aligned with the business strategy. Once you align that technology tool with the business strategy, then your business partners, those who are in finance, who are in operations, who are in HR, you know, you name the business discipline. Once you align it to the business strategy, they begin to see you as a business partner and not a cost element of the organization. And that's the goal of any CIO is to be a business partner. And so I'm hoping I'm answering your question. I'm hoping this makes sense. But technology will play a part in everything and every element that a business function is responsible for. But as technologists, we've got to ensure that we're aligned with where the business is going. And, in fact, we want to be so aligned with where the business is going that when we show up into the boardroom, they don't see us as the CIO. They see us as a business partner whose technical expertise is technology. Hmm. Okay, that's a that's an important distinction. So as someone is um, growing within an organization, what can they do to become more aligned with the business strategy? How do they find out about the business strategy if, in fact, their expertise is um, you know, mobile apps or uh, programming or, or something like that? How, how does someone gain access to the strategy and, and develop some of these skills that makes them, puts them on the path of being a partner within the organization? That's a great question. One of the things that I always recommend to our clients is read the annual report. Always understand where your business wants to go from a shareholder perspective. Uh, many companies also have an operational report or an operational strategy. Read that strategy and ask questions about that strategy. Another thing that a a person may really want to do is to really start interviewing folks outside of the technology discipline. You know, go to your operations leader and say, you know, what is it that you foresee the business doing five years from now, ten years from now, that's not in the strategy? One of the things that I personally did is that I would actually go out in the field and experience what our clients were experiencing. So, for example, while at Disney, I would go out to one of the parks and take off my vice president hat and put on the hat of, uh, someone who was taking tickets or someone who was making pizza or someone who was interacting with the guests because when I'm doing technology or introducing technology from that perspective, I can do it because I've got the experience. So I'm not reading about what a guest experience was at Walt Disney World. I actually dealt with a guest and I actually dealt with the folks from a uh, back of desk or a point of service perspective from their perspective, not the IT perspective. And so you know, quick answer would be understand where the business is going by reading that that annual report and that tells you where the business wants to go from a shareholder perspective. Read that operational report and then get out of your office. Go and outside of technology. Go discover what your customers are experiencing on a daily basis. Let them see that you're interested in what they're doing and not just introducing a technology. Mm. Wow, so that that really kind of falls in the category of 
um, advice that is really very helpful for IT professionals who develop expertise as a professional so that they can really advance their career and be part of that business or organization that is giving them a check every two weeks. Absolutely, and it's not only advancing your career, Fran. I also believe it's protecting your career because the more people who are aware of you when it comes to table talk discussions, you know, as an executive, I've been involved in several table talks where we're talking about who gets promoted, who's, who's above the red line and who's below the red line. And in many cases, the folks that were above the red line are those that had more than one voice at the table talk discussions. And so by getting out into the business, you've got more than one person talking about how important you are to the business. So a career advancement, but also career sustainability. Mm, ah, okay. That's that's helpful. Um, that is really helpful. It, you know, we're really getting into strategy here, which I love. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna take a a few steps back and kind of link the entrepreneurship, um, the leadership development back into BDPA. Um, because you've had the opportunity to hold many roles within BDPA, including um, starting a chapter. And I'm just wondering from your perspective as an entrepreneur, what are some lessons learned from entrepreneurship that BDPA members, leaders, volunteers um, might use as they get the best out of BDPA and contribute the best to BDPA. It's a little bit off script, but I, you know, I'm intrigued as I listen to you and I feel that because you've had an opportunity to work for, you know, an organization that is known for customer service, um, people pay to kind of get the Disney way, and you've created your own organization that has an international reach. And as you mentioned, you know, you've got contracts into the future. Um, you know something about sustainability, <laughs> visioning, um, and, and making things happen. So I'm just wondering if you might take some of the lessons learned and um, share some thoughts that may help BDPA members and leaders. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I believe BDPA and organizations like ITSMF offer us is an opportunity to stretch our wings in a safe environment. And so if you're in technology and you think that you want to do something else, you know, in the second quarter of your life or the third quarter of your life, BDPA, I believe, offers that opportunity, as well as the forum, offers that opportunity that you can take on a different role just to learn a little bit more. Now, what I believe BDPA and ITSMF can do for entrepreneurs is give them an opportunity, give them an opportunity to compete in some of the smaller contracts, perhaps, that the larger businesses, you know, have had for many years. But to go back to your question, what can BDPA, what does BDPA offer the the member from an entrepreneurial perspective? Again, it's 
the opportunity to stretch your wings. Um, and I would recommend that, you know, as we're talking about the high school competition, and we, didn't, we weren't talking about that, but I'm going to drop it in here, but that's another opportunity to introduce entrepreneurism. You know, how, how can you get the high school competition to introduce the mindset that you might want to start your own business. You don't necessarily have to work for another business, and this is what it means to start your own business. Um, from uh, I'm going all over the place, Fran. I am going to come back to answer your question specifically, I promise. Oh, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> We're having a conversation, and folks are eavesdropping and chatting and saying, oh, my goodness, this is wonderful. So continue. Oh, good, good. Um but you know what I'd really like to see is perhaps you know the both the form and BDPA really provide workshops even on entrepreneurism um but also keep in mind that you don't have to start your own business to have the mindset of an entrepreneur there's a new term it's not so new anymore it's called entrepreneurism and that really is taking the mindset of an entrepreneur into a corporation. Now, what that does for a corporation, it allows them to stay abreast of the changing technologies. It allows them to be more readily open to receiving innovation. And we know that innovation really is what's going to drive the future. And so if the forum and BDPA can talk about, well, how do you take the entrepreneurial mindset into the corporation? How do I bring it in as an individual contributor, as a project manager, as a director, a vice president, even a C-level leader? How do I bring that mindset into my organization? Now, we have, when we're in Mexico, we work with several of the uh, government leaders from Mexico, and we have a focus on entrepreneurism because they understand that in order to take their government to the next level, it really has to be from an entrepreneurial perspective, bringing innovation, creativity, and so forth into the organization. And so, again, I would recommend that BDPA and the forum and all agencies, in fact, look at how do they allow that to happen in their organizations. And right now, because of where we are in the economy, one of the first fears that pops up is change. Well, innovation is change, and if you want to look at the best success stories, they always happen in a down economy. But we're not seeing that this type around this time around, excuse me. What we're seeing is a lot of folks who have these great ideas who are afraid to give those great ideas or the leaders who are afraid to accept the these great ideas because they're trying to hold on to their job. But innovation, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism entrepreneurism is what's going to really drive us from an economy perspective. Does that make sense? It it does make sense. And it's a it's a really wonderful segue. I, I love how you kind of pulled together a number of components and I hadn't mentioned the high school computer competition and they the high school students and the college students um really represent the chance for BDPA to kind of look into the future, um, to provide mentorship there's a lot of volunteer and therefore leadership opportunities for our members. And um, it is an area that I think um, a lot of chapters are listening and looking for ways to be creative to respond to, in some ways, 
I actually think the entrepreneurial mindset of the younger people, um, but also to respond to the interest um, that the high school students have because they're around newer technology. They process information differently. Um, what's important to them is slightly different than um, what's important to uh, some other folks. So uh, you, you bring up um, some great points, and I think BDPA as an organization um, is consistently looking for ways to involve the members, involve the sponsors, involve the volunteers. And uh, unfortunately, when people want to be involved, they can step up um, and I guess with the new regional system, there's even more access for people to uh, contribute their ideas and have them shared um, throughout the region. So it's, it's exciting. Uh, and again, I want to congratulate you for um, you know the business that you've created and the opportunities that you've created for people um, within your organization and your community. So as we wrap up, Dr. Stephanie, um, what's a, a final thought that you'd like to share with the audience? And you've given us a lot of things to think about, um, but what's a final thought? You know, I think the final thought would be that in order to survive, in order to thrive into the 21st century, we really do need to focus on our leadership ability, you know, um, and it has to start with the individual. And so if you know that you want to be a leader, you choose to be a leader, then get involved in BDPA. Run for off the various offices at the, the chapter level all the way up to the national level. So that would be, you know, the one thing that I would share. Um, I'd also share with your listening audience that, and this is my commercial friend, that we offer a, a leadership magazine that comes out the second Tuesday of every month. And, you know, I'll give your listening audience a 12-month subscription by simply going to our website and signing up. And in that leadership magazine, uh, we have authors from around the world who provide their insight on various topics. You know, so, for example, November's topic was vision to tactics. And so we have about six or seven authors who say, well, this is how we did it. This is how I coach other businesses to do it. And, and read these articles and, and, you know, take them back to the chapters and have the discussions about what the authors are saying on how to take vision to tactics and even take it back into your business unit because that's the only way that you are going to shine if you do want to move forward and ahead and up in, in, within your organization. So that was my plug, but I also strongly recommend it. Well, I I like how you very directly and in a very sophisticated way um, included <laughs> the book and the offer. So um, why don't you repeat the website so that people can jot that down? Absolutely. It is crownedgrace.com, C-R-O-W-E-D-G-R-A-C-E, and if you go to, I think it's the third tab over, it says TNFOL Magazine, and that stands for the New Face of Leadership. And oh, good. Surprised. I'm so glad you explained that. <laughs> like, now, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> yes, that's the New Face of Leadership. Wow. 
That is great, and I um, that is a very generous offer. Um, I, I love the action step in terms of people uh, reading it and finding ways to apply the information to their chapter, to their workplace, to their business, um, and that, that's wonderful. So thank you, Dr. Stephanie, for being with us. Have a great evening and a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, and I'd love to have you back um, in 2012 um, as a guest in the future. It'd be my honor. Thanks for having me, and happy Thanksgiving to you all as well. Oh, thank you. So after the break, we are going to go right into our interview with the one and only Tara School. So let's take a brief commercial break, and then we'll be back. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Okay, well, welcome back. So, Terrace, how are you this evening? Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Doing all right. Good, good. You and I are both in the same uh, time zone and the same weather pattern. I think it's not sunny here. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not. It's very good. Weather, so. <laughs> no, no. Um, and it's all good anyway. Yeah. So I wanted to, yeah, thank you for joining us. Now, um, you present a very interesting guest perspective because <laughs> you were a member of the 2000 and 2001 high school computer competition team that was trained by the BDPA Cincinnati chapter. And when you traveled to D.C., where the conference was held one year, your chapter earned the silver medal at the 2000 National High School Computer Competition Championship. So one of yep. my first questions is, what was that like? I mean, we're, we're approaching that 10, 11-year mark. So as you kind of dust off the cobwebs, what was it like being part of, uh, you know, a championship team? Well, I mean, it was really cool, you know, uh, Honestly, when I first, you know, got into it, um, you know, I was always using computers from sixth, seventh grade, um, you know, kind of just playing around more by myself. Uh, but, you know, my dad convinced me, you know, we went down to the Urban League of Cincinnati, and, you know, he kind of convinced me to join this uh, computer camp, you know, as I called it at first. And I was like, you know, what's going on? I don't know about this computer camp. You know, I don't know if this is cool or not. Um, but, you know, the cool part is once I got into it, you know, I saw people like me. Um, it was less about the device, the computer, more about, you know, we were all able to talk about music, joke around, whatever. And at the same time, it felt like it was we were doing something at the same time. Um, the team, you know, the dynamic was really cool. And, you know, once we went to this, you know, we got to travel and stuff like that. So it was like a little bit of competitiveness, which was good because we were all in the video games and stuff. Um, and, you know, we were really passionate about it. You know, it was something when you're waking up every Saturday morning and stuff like that to go to a, a camp, uh, you know, you complain and stuff like that, but at the same time, uh, you are still kind of passionate about it. So um, seeing the, the outcome of that was very cool. 
It's very cool. Mm, that that is really it, it's important to hear you talk about that because I had a chance this well it was last Saturday to um, meet some of the students preparing for the competition in the Philadelphia area and um, you know I asked the students sort of you know how long have you been part of the process and there was one student who had you know, been coming to the program for three years. This is his third year, and one student, it was his first year. And they talked about the fact that, you know, initially they were like, I don't know if this is cool or not. Um, but they, you know, are learning. They're meeting new friends. Um, you know, there's lots of volunteers to help them. And um, one person said that last year, while he went to the conference and he didn't necessarily get to be on the competing team, he really felt that, you know, the the competition was kind of fun. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great opportunity. And funny enough, I mean, auspiciously enough, actually, I would say is, you know, I played sports all through high school, uh, you know, middle school, uh, you know, soccer, track, basketball. But, the um, you know, when I go back to it and look back at home, uh, the trophy case, I'm not too into trophies all the time, but, you know, they just collect us. But when I look at the trophy case, the biggest one in there is actually from the BDPA high school competition, which uh, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but, uh, you know, seemed to do something. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, you know, yeah. Let's let's uh, raise that, you know, the brain is a big muscle, so let's, let's show that that one got exercised. Yeah. Now, you shared with us how you originally got involved with BDPA, and um, I understand from your bio that one of the things that you also like to do in high school, in addition to sports and attending, you know, the preparation for the competition, is graphic design, and that when after high school. Um, you actually studied at the Pratt Institute, which is well-known for design. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to graphic design, why you love it, why did you decide to pursue it more, and kind of how does that fit in this whole world of technology? Yeah, well, you know, it was, you know, back in high school, I think, um, you know, it was less, uh, who actually was more like just what inspired me to do it. Um, and I always, you know, always a creative person. I was always drawing. I was always doing stuff. I was getting, you know, C's in conduct because I was sketching in class. You know, I wasn't the class clown, but, you know, I just was had a, always had a knack for sketching and doing stuff. Um, you know, so it, I always thought an idea is also not the actual medium. So, you know, when you're in high school, you always want to express yourself, you know, whether it's through music and stuff like that. So, um you know, in high school, more of my art uh, was more kind of social commentary. But, you know, as I, as I progressed, um, even through high school and stuff, it got to more kind of from commentary to actually social design, I would say. Um, you know, even once I got into school, you know, I started to get the formal training on, you know, I wasn't in the fine art program. I was actually in the communications design program. So within that program, you know, directly relates to, solving problems, a very logistical kind of standpoint on that, which also uh, kind of translated to, like, programming and stuff like that, which I also was very interested in. 
And, you know, basically through that, you know, it, it, it kind of it was like an organic kind of uh, evolution of stuff, um, you know, and, you know, like my thesis, I took a lot of robotics classes, um, you know, I did a thesis on rooftop farming. I think all of it actually, even BDPA, getting into it and learning programming stuff, uh, kind of built a very weird structure because when you look at art, you know, it's very free and very expressive and stuff like that. Uh, so you have that side. But when you have programming, you know, it's very kind of uh, logistical and, and straightforward and there's no kind of uh, real expression in that stuff. So, you know, when you merge the two, you really get something really interesting. And um, I've always kind of been uh, in between of uh, designer and artist at the same time. So uh, I felt BDPA, you know, through the programs and just all that stuff, it has helped me kind of build that foundation of what I am now is more like a lead designer or a creative technologist, if you want to call it that. Mm. Now, is creative technologist uh, a recognized term? It has a nice ring to it, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it it runs through, you know, in some meetings I'll be the creative technologist, in other ones I'll be the designer. Uh, you know, I I, I like it. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, how long it'll be around or, you know, it's relevant or anything like that. Uh, I work in a small startup, so we're not big on the titles, but um, either way, I think of, um, I've, I've actually, you know, back in high school, I think BDPA actually, you know, set me up for an actual position that wasn't even really created yet at that point, um, which is which is very interesting. So, you know, you have these new jobs wow. getting created uh, every year. So I wasn't actually aware of where I was going to end up. I just end up, I, I, I am where I am just because of my uh, background. But I had I never had an additional idea of where I was going to be, what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to go back to that phrase, um, and I'm, I'm now paraphrasing it, that BDPA sets you, in a sense, sets you up for the future. Um, mm-hmm. It gave you a foundation that allowed you to be prepared for a job in the future that may not have even existed. I mean, that's that's really powerful. Um, yes. And were there, when you think back to your BDPA experience, as a high school student, were there people or, or specific experiences that you now say, hmm, that one made a difference? Yeah, you know, and, you know, since I was more visual, you know, we did the PHP and ASP and all the back-end, you know, databasing stuff. Um, that was good to notice how yeah, it translates to the front-end, um, but I really liked the, the front-end development, so, you know, especially web development. Uh, which I have been in for the past couple of years. Um, so, like, you know, you know, while the people were memorizing certain protocols and stuff like that, I was memorizing, like, uh, you know, hex codes for different colors and swatches and stuff like that uh, and really making the website look good, you know. Um, you know, what I, what I wasn't aware of, and I wish I had some type of foresight into what we were doing at that time, but, you know, basically with the form fields and all that stuff, we basically had, uh, you know, a Facebook at the, you know, at, the, at that time, and uh, that was back in, you know, early 2000s, something like that. So, you know, we're almost creating something, but we it was so, uh, I guess, far ahead of uh, what I even thought we could do, our capabilities, that I wasn't aware to, I didn't know how to reflect on that and figure out how to use that technology or how to, you know, market that or anything like that. I wasn't aware of any of that. Um, it was more just diving into that technology, 
experiencing it um, and just, you know, being intrigued by it, actually. Now, that is interesting because it kind of fits in with where Dr. Stephanie left off. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she talked about was a hope for creating the opportunity for the entrepreneurial mindset to be part of um, the, the forums and also the high school computer competition. And now you're saying that, you know, in 2000, you were doing something that you, meaning the high school computer competition collectively, that kind of pointing in the direction of Facebook, which we now know essentially was monetized. I mean, it was programming and logistics that were monetized in a social way. Um, So now having that 2020, are there areas within the competition that could be emphasized or um, treated in a way that would allow participants to think about intrapreneurship or entrepreneurship um, or a mindset to take that technology and influence, you know, creating a team or an organization. And again, I'm kind of piggybacking on some of the things that Dr. Stephanie uh, started us out on. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the, you know, I, I think my case was unique because I, I walked in there with a more art, you know, creative background while, you know, some of my uh, teammates were more kind of the math, you know, math majors and, you know, the science. Um, so I, I think it's really, you know, building in those diverse kind of backgrounds of different people. Um, you know, one other unique thing is I also didn't go, from BAPA or, H- or the HSBC into, like, an IT background. Or, you know, I, I pretty much went to art school and then straight into, like, uh, advertising and got out of there and went to a startup. So, you know, the the path I took uh, was a, a sort of a different route uh, in, in the typical kind of, you know, IT professional uh, route. But I think, you know, especially today, you're looking at the platforms that kids are using you're seeing gaming is a big thing now. You know, even in the uh, medical area, they're starting to build in gaming into the med field, and they're building, uh, you know, Twitter stuff. And, you know, all the all these different platforms, all these different social. They're trying to socialize everything. Um, so you need those different backgrounds in order to create these things. At the same time, it's also um, building a lot of interest for for the youth. You know, if you know, I tell my little cousin, you know, hey man, you should keep playing video games. I'm going to give you some platforms to you know, start putting things together, and I'm pretty sure you could do it, you know, he's like, oh, why not? Like, I would love to build video games for the rest of my life. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, to make this more exciting, to, to get the youth's attention uh, and then the generation uh, behind this, um, we need to, you know, figure out different avenues to get into this this kind of technology um, by, you know, going off the, the platforms that they already have. So the Xbox Connect, you know, stuff like that, uh, which is very interesting, but it's reached out to even uh, medical, physical therapy stuff. Um, so I think there's a lot of interesting avenues out there. It's really figuring out how we can get a mix of that all into one batch and get this really cool looking, you know. Well, you know, it's in, in interviewing 
people, I think we're now on our 12th show, tonight represents the 12th show, um, that there really are opportunities. I know one guest talked about bringing in the mobile apps. Um, you know, there's certainly been interest in bringing in gaming, um, having participants do more with web and design. So I think there are opportunities to um, have some discussions about, um, and certainly there's been a lot of interest in continuing to um, attract students to want to prepare every Saturday from September <laughs> until uh, June, um, not only for the discipline, but really one of the things the students say is, you know, they make friends. Um, they have an opportunity to have almost one-on-one -on -one support. Um, they have an opportunity to explore and learn something that they didn't know that they might have an interest in. Um, they have an opportunity to be a competitor, um, to travel, um, to interact with adults. So there's a there's a lot of pluses. Now, Wayne um, always uh, likes to remind me that, you know, when someone's participated with BDPA as part of the competition process, and then they go on to college and have a job and pay taxes and all those things, that they really represent, you know, it's the taxes. Of course, uh, I think the BDPA lifetime membership comes before the taxes, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so, <laughs> professional development, professional development. Now, Wayne did work for the IRS, so I don't want to misinform anyone, um, but that, um, you know, you represent someone that's moved from the classroom to the boardroom. And I noticed here in your bio that you're currently the lead designer for a major branding effort at the organization that you work for. Um, tell us, you know, how, how are you combining work and your personal interest? How are you balancing the new technology and, you know, your creativity, is technology getting in the way of you being that creative person that you want to be every day? Yeah. Um, so, you know, this uh, I work at BBH Bartle Bobo Higardi ZAG, and ZAG is actually the um, it's a subsidiary. It's kind of a startup uh, venture arm of BBH, which is a giant global advertising agency. So I've been at ZAG for the past three years um, as the lead designer, and it went from, you know, I've seen it go from two people where it was just me and another planner to now we're around like five or six people, um, of course, and we have partners and stuff like that. Um, you know, going on to it, I, I was pretty much, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I was like, all right, I just wanted to get out of, you know, direct advertising. I, I thought, you know, I wanted to actually build stuff. I wanted to actually be more creative, more uh, kind of thinking of stuff from the ground up and uh, really venturing out and just kind of, you know, finding new new platforms. Um, so at Zag, you know, we, uh, co-workers and I were thinking, you know, I, I make music on the side, and I'm interested in music and stuff like that. But, you know, what we do is we specialize in these brand languages, we call them, which are areas where, you know, we look at the market where there's high consumer activity and not a lot of uh, products, no products, you know, or, or no brand in that area. Um, so 
you know, within music, we found that it was, it was an interesting area. Actually, you know, the music area is skewed high. I think it's around seven out of ten people used to play an instrument, you know, especially like a piano, uh, but don't play anymore. And usually it was because of, uh, you know, just lost interest or, or they want to play again, they don't have enough time. So we looked at time and then we looked at cost um, of music lessons and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of times music lessons, especially in an urban area like New York or something, uh, no one has a piano, giant piano in their room, so it's very kind of cost prohibitive. Um, and when we're thinking about these new technologies, um, it's good to be, you know, it sounds like a bad word, but disruptive. So when you think about these disruptive technologies, you want to figure out what's going to throw something off but probably benefit the whole. So, you know, at that, we're almost, we're planning on, you know, democratizing kind of uh, music education, basically, right? Um, so thinking about that, um, you know, we started concepting, and we built an entire software application um, that's called Playground Sessions, actually. It just launched a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, you basically plug in your MIDI keyboard, and you can have these interactive lessons with a teacher. We found this really cool teacher, cool brother from uh, from L.A., David Sides, actually, who's a YouTube sensation. He has, like, millions of views on his stuff. And he interacts and teaches you these different music lessons. Um Mixing that in, you know, and, and when I bring in the gaming part, I grew up playing video games, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, a lot of people throw the gaming term around, but I think this was a good area to that it actually fit with the gaming kind of uh, concept. So to build, to learn, to progress. So we have progress analytics and stuff like that, and uh, we work with NYU actually, um, the Game Center, to help build these gaming mechanics and this curriculum. And we work with a couple of music students from Harvard. Um, to really, you know, build this entire vision that we had. So, you know, this thing started from our sketchbooks um, as an idea, and because we were in the startup that we were in the name, we had the, the resources to go out and reach reach out to these different uh, segments to kind of build the entire thing. And, of course, Rain is another agency in Utah where all the developers are. So not only did I get to, you know, think of something from, from scratch, um, but we also got to develop it. Um, now, at that point, BDPA also came back in, you know, because, you know, back in the day, of course, I used to do the database and ASP and all that stuff. Development. So mm-hmm. I'm aware of certain things. You know, I can't keep up with everything. But, you know, I was able to help lead the development team uh, to a certain extent and get this thing built, you know, while also being able to concentrate on the front-end development, so the UI, user interface, the user experience, and what this thing actually looks like, um, you know, which I actually found is what I really like. I'm, I'm pretty passionate about user experience, and, you know, user user interface design um, is actually my kind of area that I really like um, because it is more visual, it is more front-end, but at the same time, if you've ever tried to talk to an engineer, they don't always know <laughs> how to talk to people sometimes. So they're not always best with communicating to people or the average person, and getting them to use some of these technologies. Um, so really, that's been one of my roles uh, for the past two years at, at the startup, um, which is, I think, key. Uh, I don't think, without without the background of programming and all that stuff, I don't think I, it would have been anywhere as effective as it is now. Wow. Now, I mean, that's a that's a great story, and I, I love how... Again, you're able to bring in the creative side, the technical side, the communication mm-hmm. piece, 
um, leverage resources within your organization, um, bring in university talent and expertise. And from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you looked at a gap in the marketplace and you connected yes. it with a need for a certain group of people. So, you know, who is a problem? Um, how many of them have that same problem or share that problem? And mm -hmm. what are some of the constraints that um, are getting in the way of people solving it in traditional ways? And you also looked at trends. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that, for example, piano playing, not as many people play the piano and or in New York, there's no space, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, that is really cool. And one of the things as you were talking, I was wondering to the degree that your organization is reaching out, pulling people from NYU, uh, a YouTube sensation in California, pulling people from Harvard, are there opportunities, particularly when you talked about possibilities for the high school computer competition, are there opportunities to pull in students in some, yeah. you know, maybe in terms of the user interface testing, and or is there a way to create a very mini model of what you did or the process as part of, I don't know, the youth technology conference or some kind of special learning experience? for the competition students? Yeah, you know, that's that's the interesting piece. Um, you know, when I was in advertising for it, I didn't really, and even in school, I couldn't figure out what the, you know, it's all a journey, but I couldn't figure out what the connection loopback would be uh, to the BDPA stuff because I was just out in the clouds, you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff. Um, but, you know, since being in this startup, you know, which is, you know, I, I was able to, with my coworkers, we were able to focus on more kind of tech-based stuff. Um, so, you know, I think my, my background has been more relevant than ever, uh, actually, in the past couple of years. Um, you know, so now coming around to this, um, we're a very, very, like, small startup, but, you know, we're able to, you know, have internships and stuff like that, I think. And I think stuff like this is, is very, you know, like I said, we're saying before, like, cool and inspirational, I think, uh, and aspirational at the same time, too. Um, so it would be interesting to you know, even, you know, get, you know, testing of what the kids think and, and figure out, you know, a lot of things, uh, like my little sister, for instance, you know, uh, you know, they know they're on Google Docs and, you know, using, sending stuff over. They're they're almost so used to the technology, they don't even notice it. Um, so there are things that uh, the younger generations will see and will pick up on that you might not catch in a thousand years. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there definitely are opportunities um, to bring the youth in it and actually have them make an impact on these uh, technologies and stuff like that. Um, I think the day of, uh, you know, the, I would always, I look very young too, but, you know, within the corporate structure, there's always the old, you know, the old heads, uh, you know, fighting with the young guys. But I think I think that that argument has been thrown out because I'm even willing to throw in the towel and say, yeah, you know, some 18-year-old kid could come in here and be, you know, witty as heck because, you know, he's sitting there playing the Xbox, playing this, socializing on this platform and stuff like that. So the day of this age gap uh, kind of prejudice, I think, should be thrown out the window to a certain extent, um, especially when it comes to innovation. Um, and, you know, there's definitely opportunities there, I think. 
Great. Well, that's that's an, an area I think um, between Dr. Sefty and yourself, uh, Wayne, um, some of the coordinators, uh, James Etta James. I, I think there's an opportunity to continue this dialogue and really think about how can we take this brain trust, which is really what mm-hmm. BDPA is, of individuals and chapters and regions, um, and begin to enhance, I won't say redefine, but enhance um, and to some degree sharpen the opportunities that we offer within the BDPA family, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and create, if not jobs, create learning opportunities and create yeah. opportunities for people to think a little bit differently and act interact a little differently. Yes. Kareth, um, yes. you know, it's been very exciting to hear you share your perspective. Um, congratulations for being part of a startup that allows you to kind of take things that you're passionate about and, and, and create, <laughs> um, literally, right. artistically and technically. And so that's really, congratulations. And oh, I'm... Oh, you're welcome. And I'm I'm hoping that um, you know, as we wrap up, that you'll share a few final thoughts with the audience. What would you like to leave the audience with given your perspective? Yeah, you know, I had a couple things, you know, I had a couple points, but you know, I think one of the main points, um, you know, what I've learned in the startup, I'm all for startups and even uh going back to Stephanie's point, um you know, a lot of people, you know, think of stuff, and I think I've learned a couple of things within VC conversations and angel investors and just different startup conferences. Um, but, you know, one one thing is, you know, everyone's been afraid of it, but don't be afraid of failure. Um, I think that the thing is, if you do fail, fail fast <laughs> is, is what we say, um, and make sure you learn from it uh, because you are going to do that, and I think that tends to be a big barrier uh, especially for the younger generation to step into business. Um, so it, it, it's okay to fail. I think the second thing would be, you know, a lot of people uh, don't be an idea order. I think share all ideas. Um, the hardest part is the execution. I know uh, the idea is nothing. Um, you know, people always talk about NDAs and stuff, which, you know, angels and VCs don't even look at. Um, but the more you talk to people, the more you learn. Um, you know, when thinking about these ideas, uh, start very specific and niche and um, let them evolve. You know, if you look at Flickr, it started as like a 3D world. Uh, Twitter, you know, from a status update to everyone knows what the capabilities of it now. Um, Very small kind of specific ideas, uh, but end up leading to big, great things. Um, You know, and another quick fact that I just wanted to say out before I uh, get off here is all the net new jobs created in the last 30 years were created by companies less than five years old. Um, So, you know, that's Another thing for the startups, I think the, the big, you know, uh, behemoths, uh, you know, are kind of the traditional companies are kind of losing their place. I think there's now two economies. There's the traditional economies, you know, like the Microsoft, the Sonys, and mm-hmm. the innovation and creative economies. Um, I think, you know, within this, I know the economy is kind of crappy right now, and rather than focusing on that, focus on the opportunity. And, you know, the playing field has been leveled. Um, you have these affordable technologies, I think the economic gap for affording these technologies 
is, is closed for the most part. There's the $60 laptop in India, which I think some company is bringing back to the States. Um, so as far as the uh, cost basis, I think the technology is very affordable. Um, my last point is that the, the youth has the power, and they're using these tools. Um, and the interesting part is I look at stats and data all the time, and minorities are leading the way as the end users of these progressive platforms and devices. Um, therefore, I think our job as the older generation, um, we need to inspire the next generation of builders um, and teach them how to be more introspective and kind of create a discourse around these technologies to gain kind of foresight. Um, so tracking back to what I said back in, you know, ninth grade or something like that, we were building Facebook. Um, you know, I didn't really notice that because it was still all very new. But if I had someone who was a uh, kind of a leader or, you know, guiding us there, maybe that person, you know, more entrepreneurial could recognize that and help kind of harness that talent uh, into an actual profitable company, business, startup, whatever. Um, so that's really all I wanted to say and get out before I get off of here. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, one, you said a lot. And yeah, two, sorry, it's okay. Right. It's, oh, no, no apologies needed. Um, we have the time, and this is all about the expression. I I can see the organization. Um, I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I, I love the entrepreneurial focus, and I want to take a soundbite in terms of harnessing the talent um, mm -hmm. and uh, the the real acknowledgement that the youth have the power. I mean, I think BDPA, again, you, you see it in our tagline from classroom to boardroom. And I, I don't think that excludes members that are, you know, over 18. Um, oh, no. Because, no. <laughs> in fact, you know, we're all learning. So to a certain degree, we all have the opportunity to be back in the classroom, even if it's the virtual classroom, or it's the classroom, you know, of an app, um, or it's an interactive classroom like the one that you're talking about that allows us to work with someone on the other side of the country. Um, and, uh, you know, going from being consumers to taking our interest in something and building and creating mm -hmm. and monetizing on um, that so that we have products and services that we can sell, the products and services that can sustain um, an economy for our talents and our interests. So that is very provocative. Um, really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. I know you creative folks are up late anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I would like to say, I would like to ask one one more thing, or say one more thing is, you know, really, I, I think those barriers, you know, what we're talking about, have, have leveled down a little bit. But you know, I think that one of the biggest barriers, and what I've noticed, um, you know, whether it's the systematic things, you know, through the algorithms they use to find entrepreneurs and stuff like that, is connecting to these mysterious VCs and angel investors. Um, so, you know, I think the ideas are there for the young people, but the last, I guess, piece, and especially what the older generation can do, is help build these incubators. You know, you got the Y Combinators and stuff like that, um, and really help connecting these people to get funding and stuff like that. 
because um, that's the one part that it's always a pain to get funding. We went through it. It's never easy. And I, I think that, you know, anyone, you know, a lot of people can think of the ideas and get the process there and the vision there, the proof of concept. But when it comes to funding, that's a whole other ball game. So I really think that's one of the final barriers uh, to get there besides using a Kickstarter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, uh, as as you said, there is a, a lot of power within um, people, uh, yep. the people being the youth, the members, um, the volunteers, the, the leaders, the sponsors, you know, just within the BDPA family. So I think um, within the last few conferences, there has been an increased emphasis on entrepreneurs. I know that there was an entrepreneur forum last year um, at the conference, and it's exciting to know that there's an interest in bringing the entrepreneurial mindset even into the competition. So, Harris, I want to thank you again for joining us this evening. I hope that you have a great evening, a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And to all of our listeners, thank you. All of our listeners, have a great holiday. Thank you. So, you're welcome. So, we're going to wrap up for tonight um, and join us. We're now on the 12th show. And this is the fourth Tuesday of the month. So join us next time on the second Tuesday of the month, which will be December 13th. My goodness, 2011 is quickly disappearing. Have a great holiday, and we'll see you next time. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.